0: Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is a familiar face to those in mortgage, Brian Covey, who recently left Loan Depot to become Executive Vice President of Strategy and Development at Revolution Mortgage. At Loan Depot, Brian grew his region from $125 million in 2017, a year before he joined, to more than $2.45 billion in 2021. In addition to his mortgage job, he is an author, the host of the Brian Covey podcast, and a popular speaker. Before starting his mortgage career, of course, Brian was a professional soccer player, and you can bet I'm going to ask about the World Cup. Brian, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Sarah, how are you?
0: i am doing great it is so great to have you on we we have known each other for years now and you were one of the very first people we signed up when we did engage marketing back in the day because you're just you're just the guy
1: oh I appreciate it we've had a long-standing relationship and what I love is we've all been able to learn and grow together as the industry continues to evolve you know I'd like to believe i'm i'm growing and evolving at the same time and so it's fun to come back and uh, and jam a little bit here
0: Well, we are thrilled to have you on. So I would be remiss if my very first question was not on the World Cup. There is probably no other time I'm going to be interviewing a former professional soccer player, and I know everyone wants to know, what did you think of that? And just to get your freak out moment about it.
1: Uh, Yeah, total freak out moment. I think one of the best matches I've honestly ever watched. Like When you think about just the players and how Argentina was dominating the game, and much like in life. And then France comes back, 15 minutes left. No one would have ever predicted two to zero with 15 minutes left. But that, I would say the World Cup has had those moments. And a lot of overtime, a lot of PKs, when you look at just the, the statistics there, it was likely to happen. And I love to see Messi, you know, obviously complete his legacy within Mbappe. And you saw like the goalkeepers um, step up. I mean, some saves. It could have gone either way, even in overtime, it, it could have happened, but We were on the edge of our seats. Uh, My daughter had a game yesterday, so I ended up having to catch it a little bit later. So I turned off my phone and we all watched it and and I kind of knew some things, but it didn't make it any less like awesome, right? I mean, it was just, it was incredible to see how far the sport, how many people were watching it. It's just, it's, it's life-changing, right? Like it was incredible.
0: I love that. And I think it's the spirit of the sport that you were actually at a game instead of watching other people play. I think that that's, that's perfect.
1: That's the soccer dad life, right? We're just like, hold on, who scheduled this? How do we get out there? <laughs> and then, you know, we're kind of watching it from the sidelines. But to watch it last night, and I'll probably watch it again because there was so much action in that game, especially towards the end of the regular time. It's just, it's going to be worth watching again. I think people will look back on that and will remember where we were because it's one of those moments, almost like growing up with Michael Jordan or some of that, where you go, and hey, you remember the World Cup finals, right? In 2022 and Messi and Mbappe and that, that, just incredible match.
0: I love it. thanks for thanks for giving us a little bit of an insight to how it was at your house. I'm sure that was super fun uh, at houses across the country, definitely mine. there was a lot of screaming going on so yes. so I wanted to have you on so one of the reasons was that you recently made the move from loan Depot to Revolution mortgage. So that's a, a pretty new boutique lender. So what was the reason you made the move? That's what everyone wants to know.
1: Man, well, it was an easy decision. I'll tell you that is almost five years at LD and phenomenal friends like people I consider like family. And we had built up our team, as you know, and we had grown quite a bit from like 200 and I think 40 million to 2.4 billion in like four years. And what I started to notice though was the industry was changing a little bit. Where loan officers, branch managers, people that are really like my customers that I work with and serve, and how we go out to the market, the boutique shifting. Even if you look at the broker percentage that's gone up, there was nothing in between of like traditional retail on one side and broker on the other. And I'd had people reach out to me like in the past, like all of us have, like, "Hey, you need to come here, you need to do that." It all felt and looked the same. And, and I wasn't like, why would I leave? Like, we have something that's working. L.D. does such a phenomenal job of not only customer acquisition, but closing loans and products. like all those things are there. Revolution just had something radically different. And it's the perfect blend in my eyes. What I saw was this blend of what we love in traditional retail, of you can have the brand that's all the same. You've got all the products and programs and the foundation. You have all the technology and the things that you'd want that are integrated, but then you go to the other side and you want the broker side, which is a little bit more faster pace. You've got maybe some more product offerings that are not in house or Fanny Freddie Direct, and then you look at the things that you can do from a technology. You can actually work with a smaller company, and there's no middle layers of management, which is what usually brokers are like. I don't need all of that infrastructure anymore. And what really drew me in was the people, right? Because I think for any of us, you got to work with great people, and so it wasn't for me like leaving Loan Depot was great people. So this was something I felt like model wise and going forward, I see over the next five, 10, 20 years is going to be a very disruptive model that blends those together. And it's not out there because there's a lot of broker options. There's a lot of traditional retail. What makes them unique, right? It's going to be the people. It's going to be the technology, how they actually think. And I tell people that it's the mindset of where they're going. And I love the growth, man. I'll just tell you, Sarah, like when I sat down, I was there for 2 days in Columbus where we're headquartered with Revolution, just getting to know the guys, sharing some of my ideas, what I believe is going to be the next generation of loan officers, how do we train them? How do we equip them to win? What are real estate agents and home builders looking for? How do we go direct to consumer? I believe reducing the layers, giving the empowerment back to the local loan officer and those who can build teams, it's a true P&L model, which is also a little bit of advantage there where if you want to invest in your business there's some tax benefits and some ways that you can grow. So all that look it, it was it was hard for me to go why would I not go try this and build it with them? And I believe it's going to be something we look back on and we're going to we're going to write a beautiful story.
0: You know, you uh, the goal for revolution is to uh almost double the number of branches they have although they you know uh you talked about there's not a A deadline for that. You just, you see that growth coming and you're known for really um, recruiting and building high performance teams. So what part of this are you doing? What part is, is Brian building teams for this?
1: Oh, great question. So Sarah, so I report straight into the CEO, um, Tony Grethaus and phenomenal for us because really my role is going to be helping with strategy and development and growth. So any of the branches that are existing, they're going to have me as a coach mentor resource, which I think is really something I wanted to lean into more that I wasn't able to do as much across the country at a large retail box because you typically have your region or your division and it's geographically specific. I'll be able to help any of the branches across the entire United States. And so if they want to grow, if they want to work on business development, they want somebody that's an in-house coach to help them set up systems, or they want someone that's going to help them actually target large teams and real estate companies. All of that, I'm there. Really for me, I see this next part of it on the other side is, Helping acquire talent is the way I look at it. like talent acquisition of almost being like the Jerry Maguire of who are the next up and coming stars that they want to build a branch. Maybe they don't have a chance to, they don't want to go full broker model. They're not really ready for that yet, or it may not fit them. But They also don't want to be traditional retail. They could come into this hybrid. And I see us opening several branches across the country that I'll personally be involved in and then just help us scale. Uh, but we pride ourselves on there's no middle layers. Like they don't report into me. They report straight into the CEO. They run their own business, but I do believe already in two weeks, I can tell you, as we're recording this, the amount of phone calls, the amount of curiosity that people have, I think it's really, um, it's validating the decision and the timing that I made to kind of go out ahead of most people on this. And the people that are coming to us, you you um, you wouldn't be surprised, you'd be amazed. It's the high performers. And that's what we want to attract and keep that boutique feel is we want winners. That's what we've said is our culture is all about winning.
0: So I, I feel like, you know, purchase market, obviously relationships are so key, right? And, and I think it's interesting that revolution is combining, you know, when you have that broker feel and you have the LO and you're bringing them together, that is a really interesting model. What do you think brokers right now, you've heard from a lot of them, you know, a lot of them, what are brokers feeling right now?
1: Well, I think they're experiencing growth and, and it's a, it's a trend, right? If you just look at what UWM has done, just take one right there. It's like how much they've grown, right? And we know some of our friends that have opened up mortgage companies over the last few years. They've decided to go the broker route, which I think is phenomenal for some folks. Like, It's a great model match. That's what I tell you need to find what works for you, right, in your business today, but also be thinking about where you want to go. Your point A may be here, but your point B is here. How do you get there and what's the model that serves you? What was important to me that I felt like just my traditional kind of what I view as I wanted to have operations in-house, like they're going to wear the Revolution jersey. That to me was important. Processors, underwriters, and closers. A lot of the originators that I've grown up with and work with, they value that as being in-house. They also value the transparency and support that we'll be able to provide from an executive level to help them build their business. So they're not out on their own yet, right? To do that. Maybe they do down the road. Uh, but I think that's where you're seeing the, the broker model applaud them because they've kind of opened the door to a lot of folks that came up either bank or traditional retail or they're in a P&L model, but they still have multiple layers to actually benefit. I think this is going to open people's eyes and they're going to be curious about what's possible on the other side of this. I think they'll all coexist. It'd be an interesting um, study to look over the next few years as to where where does the market share trend to, where do loan officers go?
0: I think it's going to be super interesting. You mentioned technology. So what kind of technology does Revolution offer? Because we know that that is a key for high performers when they when they make a change.
1: Oh, great question. So we're on Encompass, which, you know, there's customized versions for everybody that's out there. And then on the front end, uh, Simple Nexus. But we're working on what I'm most excited about is RevEdge. And that's going to be an internal product that we work. that is everything from your dual AUS to a lot of AI incorporated data that we're able to streamline that process in underwriting or even clearing conditions. So that's going to be an in-house product that Tony and I are working on and the team that I'm really excited about. How do we make what we have even better as we go forward? And again, this is why I think the smaller for me is going to work out well. Is we're going to be able to execute and implement that, and we don't have thousands of employees or you know, team members to actually have to um, build that out for, or large vendors to work with. We'll be able to create some of that on our own and for our team.
0: What are some of the values you look for as you're building a team? How do you know when you're like this guy's, or this guy, this girl, they're going to do great? What are some of those things?
1: Oh, it's much like my sports days. You know, sorry, I was thinking about this the other day. Is I keep coming back to two words for me is coachability someone that's coachable. I think about in sports or in business or in life, if they can receive feedback in a way that they're going to listen, they're going to receive it and go, yeah, you know what? There's there's something in there and they create a change in their behavior, their systems, their mindset. I think coachability is huge. Too often we see in our industry, people reach a certain level of success and the ego gets in the way. They're not coachable anymore. So I want coachable loan officers and then I look for resiliency. Look, what we dealt with during, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, now into 2022, If you weren't able to deal with the pressures, whether it was obviously the pandemic happening or now with the market trends where rates jump up 300 basis points, all these things, if you're not resilient, I really believe this industry, you're not going to get the most out of it. So if you're coachable, you're resilient. And then the anchor for us is always integrity. Look, do what you say you're going to do ahead of when you say you're going to do it over deliver. If you can bring those in, we can teach the other things about credit income, assets, products, programs technology, CRM, all of that can be taught, I believe. But those would be three ingredients that that I'm looking for as we build out our team that's core to us. We believe that's the winning recipe, right? We talk about a winning culture. That's what we're looking for.
0: You know, over the last couple of years when, uh, you know, the refi boom was so big and people just really needed to throw some bodies at the problem, a lot of people did, uh, right? They they had different recruiting programs, bringing people into mortgage who had never done it before um, and found, I think, some pipelines that were really interesting and, and maybe opened that box a little bit. But then, you know, we've had this downturn and, and so laying, laying a lot of those bodies off, a lot of those people off. And I wonder, you know, as you go to recruit, of course, obviously you have people reaching out to you and want to uh, join you because they know you, they trust you. But when you're building something like this and you're, and you want to bring new people in, how do you, how do you coach them through the fact that like, if they looked at this and they're like, you had 50% of, you know, some companies lay off this year, what, what's the, why do I want to join a, an industry that is so cyclical?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Sarah, what I see, this is going to be a trend that we need to watch for is the the models like a revolution. And I think some of the brokers might have this possibility too. So my friends that are in that model is I think you need to start really looking at what you're great at. If you're a loan officer or you're a producing leader and you've got a team there, you need to spend your time where you're great. You need to build out your team around you. I think this is where we're gonna be unique is a lot of companies, let's just call it what it is, traditional retail or banking, it's very set. Like here is the title, here is what they do, here's what we can pay them. I think if you look at just the trend in any business right now, that drive for entrepreneurship, right? That people wanna set up their team, maybe they'll take less profit, but they want someone that runs their marketing, for example, today. Because most loan officers, let's call it what it is, they're not great at marketing. They're having to hire someone to go do that. But what if you were able to bring people back into the mortgage business, but they were a processor before, so they understand how to get into the loan, but on the other side of that, you don't need a full-time processor, but you need someone to help with your marketing. Maybe it's a 50-50 type of hybrid role that I really see this trend is going to continue, and it's how we are looking at scaling our teams, is I think gone are the days that you're like, This is all they do every day, day in, day out. Maybe you hire for the skills that I talked about and those type of characteristics, but then you put them in positions as your team grows and scales where they can help you. They can help the customer experience. That's what's going to drive referrals. Look, I think we've all forgotten about sometimes if you do a wonderful job with the one customer in front of you today, you give them so much attention, great communication. They have a great experience. They go tell other people. I think that's how teams are going to be built going forward. and It's how my vision and some of my kind of creative juices get going of, well, where does that person fit? How could they help us generate more referrals and improve the customer experience? That's going to be something I think the great loan officers and teams and leaders are going to be looking for.
0: You know, we've, we've uh, been looking at different models over the year, knowing that, listen, some are going to do better than others in this environment. What does it look like? And, you know, one of the models is, you know, people only know how to do refire. People only know how to do this or whatever. And, and then there's models that are like, our people can do everything, uh, including reverse, which I think is really interesting. So where does revolution fall on that?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think for if you're a loan officer today, I'm a big believer of, you need to double down on where you're great at, right? So if you work with builders, right? That's how I grew up doing condominiums and new construction and all that. And I got great at that. And that was probably 75% of my business. But you don't want to forget about in certain seasons that other 25%, like you said, could be renovation. I love those. I think they're still popular today. I think they're going to have a large part of what we could offer customers next year. And then you want to look at, I could scale my team. So to your point about refinances, I think the really smart loan officers today are going to double down where they're great at but maybe you bring somebody into your team. If you're ready for that, that they can work your book of business, set appointments, follow up with refi opportunities, and those that may take a little bit more prospecting and follow-up, right? It may take seven touches for you to get that customer to go, yeah, you know what? I'll take the higher rate because I need to consolidate some debt here. or I have some equity. This is what I need to do. Those are going to be different conversations. Look, some loan officers, they can have them all. I'm just a believer If you need to look at both and figure out where do you fit in that. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for people that want to scale up. And they're going to go, you know what? I've got a junior loan officer, for example. They've been a processor before, maybe. Maybe they've been an unwriter before. Maybe they were laid off. I think that's where some talent is going to enter the market. And they're actually going to move from ops to sales. They're going to help that sales producer actually scale their business. And they could help on the upfront application. They could help on upfront structuring. You got you to start looking at ways to be creative. Look, it's all about, we know, more customer contact, Probably it's going to mean more credit pools, which is going to mean more applications, which is going to mean more fundings, right? Just follow the funnel through that. That's what I'm looking for. And as we look to build teams, that's something we're encouraging our team is where do people fit in that? Be great at what you're great at, but do you need someone else on your team to help you with those other areas? Could be marketing, social media, like we've talked about, could be following up with refinance opportunity. I think those all are going to matter.
0: What kind of uh, customers is Revolution really looking to serve? Like, in other words, I know that they'll do Jumbo and uh, and non-QM, right? Which are important yep. right now. What are, from your perspective, who fits best in, in Revolution?
1: So as I look at it, I think it's going to be, depending on your market and where you are, right? Since we're across 48 states now and be expanding from there, it could be in some of our branches. They work with first-time homebuyers, right? And they have the local bond programs. They have down payment assistance. That's what they do really, really well. They might also do renovation loans. They might offer reverse. We're starting to expand our CP program. We're going to roll out our own in-house CP next year. So I think you're going to see us not try to be all things to all people, but we are going to cover the core bases, right, of the agency products. You also, I believe you need renovation. You do need reverse in the mix. CP, I think is going to be something to watch next year is construction to perm. You've got people that I know that have bought land or you have builders that are sitting on land. Maybe it's a chance for you to go build that custom home when something's not on the market for you. And so we're going to work that angle. We all know whether it's millennials or you look at now, even people that are renting, rents are going to continue to go up. So while interest rates, we can all kind of debate about where they are. The reality is if you compare rent versus buy in many markets, we are starting to see that make a lot of sense for people to go buy, whatever it looks like. And so I think for us at Revolution, one, it's about serving the customer where they want to be served, which is local. And then two, offering the products that the customer would need, right? All the way from first-time homebuyer, DPA, all the way, like you said, is there are over 15 different jumbo options, right? So we're very flexible. We can get creative with it, large loan amounts, low down payment, We can be aggressive on price, all that, and then everything in between. And we pride ourselves, I was actually looking the other day, even some of our credit guidelines on FHA and VA, it, it's going to be strong. Right. And that's the ability of being smaller like we are, that we can make those choices and be in-house.
0: You know, smaller has a lot of options, uh, a, a lot of advantages, I should say, and definitely local, I think, has a lot of advantages. But you are any everybody is also competing with some of the largest lenders, which, you know, you've been with as well, yep. um, who are very consumer you know, focused and every consumer knows their name. So you're you're competing against that. What, in your in your opinion, makes something like Revolution, able to compete against uh, 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 one of the largest lenders?
1: Great question. You know, we've seen this trend and for, let's just take it from the customer standpoint, right? They are going to shop. We can see that today that customers do shop. Whether they start online and they want to finish local or they've called around the people they've been referred to, they are going to shop. And so what I think our model is going to provide is the ability at the local market to be price competitive. They can set their own pricing there. They can set their own margins, so they know in their market where they need to be on government, conventional, for example, jumbo. And so they need to know that market, where they need to be. And I think the other part, as you look, is a lot of the bigger box, I'm, going to, I'm seeing this trend already, is sometimes you can see with the layoffs, they're starting to feel some of that. Like getting that capacity right is extremely difficult, right? And, and, and I'll just say, for everybody that was seeing what happened this year, that is very difficult decisions for all of the companies that scaled really, really big. And everybody said, please bring in capacity. During the refi rally in 2020, 2021, everybody wanted to hire operations. What happens when the volume drops? We, we all saw the layoffs that happened. But I think local is going to provide you in the smaller boutique field that Revolution has. I believe we're going to be able to provide not only the local service, where they can come in the office, great technology to apply online, which is simple. You're going to have great competitive pricing, which compete, right? That's what the brokers basically are selling is fast turn times, great pricing. We'll be in that, that same wheelhouse with them. But you gonna, I think you're going to see a trend away from big. I really do. I'm starting to see some of that. Let's even look at this. There's so much market share. No one really has, in most markets, anything beyond single digit, e- even if you're one of the big ones. So one might think, if I do a great job with my customers, the real estate agents that know me, I grow on social, I'm able to lend in all these states, which is going to be huge for us, I think going forward is you can lend in multiple states, which we can, If you're a loan officer and someone moves to Texas or they move to California or they move to Florida, wherever they go, wouldn't it be nice if you could do their loan? That's going to help us be, I think, a few steps ahead of some of the other models.
0: I do think that market share is just um, fascinating to us looking at it as a media company where it's like even the largest lenders, um, even the the largest, you know, um, UWM or, or, or rocket or whatever, it's, it's not a monolith and it really comes, it's so distributed. So that is really interesting. And I think that um, it's a great point that if you're growing market share um, that that's a, you know, we could say, well, how do you grow market share when there's hardly any loans out there to do? Right. But I, I know that you have a different perspective on that. So if I say to you right now, well, I mean, there's so many more, fewer loans, lot, lot less volume. So how do you now grow, uh, grow this whole business?
1: Yeah. I think if we look back, it's like anything, I I attribute it almost like if if you want to get in better shape, guess what? You're going to eat better and you're going to work out better, right? So if you want to do more loans, you're going to talk to more people. You're going to get better at your conversion. You're going to get better at your customer acquisition strategies. You're going to get more opportunities to do that, right? So it's not any different than other areas of where we need to focus. I think for many loansters today, they're realizing that a year ago, it might've been one or two touches you convert somebody. Today, it could be seven to 10 touches and your follow-up system's gonna matter. And so those that don't have systems and processes built, they're probably feeling more of this pain than others. So I would encourage you today, if you're listening and you wanna grow your business, you need to look at your systems and your processes and how you have your team set up. That's where I am hyper-focused today because I believe we're gonna grow market share not just by acquiring wonderful, talented people that already are doing business, so that's new to us, but we're also gonna show them a pathway to scale their business and how to distribute their talented people. Like, where should this person be in marketing? Where should this person be in maybe your upfront application process? You know, do you have your processor dialed in on collecting conditions so you're not bogged down with that part of it? You know, and I think, Sarah, this is going to be where people that really take a step back and do the right type of planning. I've been talking about this. I've been rereading Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books, right? You can systematize part of your process today and you recognize what's there. And I would focus on the customer experience because too often we talk about it. But what does it really look like? And I'll tell you one thing that we're doing is we are proactively seeking that feedback and customer review. And then we have a very simple process that for a loan officer, it already gets funneled through and on their website and we share all of those reviews. Those reviews we are finding is actually what customers look for to potentially choose you or to choose another lender. And so you just want to follow the data and have processes to implement that data so that you're showing up. I talk about being ubiquitous you need to be on TikTok, you want to be on Instagram, you want to be on Facebook, that's great. You need to do those things. But are you picking up the phone every day and are you calling enough people in your sphere, following up with customers that wanted to buy six months ago but didn't? Are you calling agents you did maybe one deal with this year or you did five deals? That's where I would start leaning in and the more contacts you make, the more opportunity you create. It really is, we want to simplify it. That's what's happening.
0: I think this is an area lots of the things that you talked about but this is an area where you're really leading by example so you know you're huge on social it's one of the reasons we had you on Engage marketing at the, from the very beginning it was like you were one of the LOs out there doing really effective social marketing uh, across it and now you know you have the Brian Covey podcast you've written a book so you know you're leading from example on this but I guess one of the things as you as you do the podcast as you talk to people as you're doing this on social one of the things that comes across is your energy and your excitement and your enthusiasm. but It's hard for people to have that kind of mindset right now, I think for a lot of people. So what are some of the things that you tell LOs? What are some of the things you're like, this is key to your mindset right now to be successful right now?
1: Oh man, I'll tell you, the one for me that's an anchor, let's just cut through all the noise, is working out every morning. Like do whatever that is. If that's riding your Peloton bike, if that's walking, if it's going doing CrossFit stuff like I do, it's more high intensity. You need to find what sets your day on the right trajectory. Look what, what I found for myself, I know this to be true with people that I coach and we work with. If you don't start your day by doing something that stimulates your brain, gets your body moving, you're not performing at your optimal. And we just, we just know like the data shows us that. I also think it matters too. We've overlooked this in our industry, but what you eat matters. What you drink or don't drink, for example, it matters. And so take care of yourself because you really are the product. And we talked about that from a marketing standpoint, but you're the product from your energy, how people are going to relate to you. And look, there. I, I proved that model one just to make sure it worked. Like when we were talking about going on social and all that, it still works to this day where I get mortgage referrals and real estate agent appointments and all. And that doesn't stop for any of us. So, you know, I tell you guys, there's no destination to it. I think Kobe Bryant will always say is like waking up early in the morning, the multiple practices, the times that he would go into the gym and didn't feel like it. That was the dream. That was what you're actually doing. And so for me, I've said, okay, Brian, what's the process? What is it that I do? How do I show up every day? And I believe it matters. Like my energy matters. How I leave people feeling afterwards matters. How I continue to have a consistent message and show up. When you meet me, I'm gonna be the same person. And so I think for many of us, that's the person you wanna grow and become. But here's the best part. I'm not the best version of myself yet. I still know I have a lot to learn, a lot to grow. And I'm always putting myself around people that I can learn and grow from. And so to me, that is the journey to go on and anyone can embark on it. Just start where you are, right? And then have have a vision for where you want to be.
0: Got, having gone through past downturns, what is different about this one than the past? And like, what is the same? What are you like, hey, it it feels different, but like, it's actually the same.
1: Well, that's a great question. So I'll set the day to the side because I think we've probably all seen and Barry's done a great job. If you show like the data back and forth, I think what's different about this one is how high it got so quickly, right? So if you look back at, you know, we had our first two kids at 07 and 08, beautiful time to have kids, right? But if you look at how quickly that crashed, it was, it was one of those that took a few years to kind of build, build, build. It had some phenomenal years. This was very different, I felt like, in 2022, where no one really thought it was going to happen. And then it would happen and there'd be quick adjustments. And I'm not sure people really saw where this was going. And it was almost like, man, we had gotten all, I'll just say it, we kind of got seduced by success, And we just thought it was going to be this way. Like people would just always call and rates would be in the twos or threes and refinances falling out of the sky. People would be making multiple offers over asking and it would just continue to happen. And I think we all lost really that true north compass of what are the sales fundamentals? I go back to prospecting a lot because look, sales is still a game of your conversion and how many people you can talk to. And so I think this time has been different because you've got so many different people at so many different companies. People think all these sign-on bonuses are going to solve what they've done, which is different than 07, 08. Nobody was doing sign-on bonuses like we've seen um, the past couple of years. You've got these clawbacks. You've got people that are stuck in models. Broker model was not as prevalent back then. You know There was a flight to quality, which was back to the banks. You think about after the last 0708. But Even look back to 2018 when there was a little bit of a slowdown, right? When we started the year, People didn't have their their agent database, I would say, in place. They didn't have their relationships in place. And so that was almost like the wake-up call that the people that got it right really succeeded. And so what I see going forward is many of our our people I talk with, they've already adjusted. They're looking at 2023, and they're not just looking at the basics, I would say. They're going, okay, if this is where the market's going to be, how do I get more market share? How do I increase? I come back to increase my conversion. Where am I not showing up today that I need to? And I'll even go back to, we're doing a personal branding seminar in January. Great example of, that wasn't a hot topic years ago. Today, it's one of the hottest topics. So if you can partner up with someone, then you can get out there and be the expert in the resource. You don't have to be the one that knows it all. Bring in a special guest. So I think what's gonna be different about this market is, you're seeing more people retire. You're seeing people change companies at a rapid rate. I think that's gonna continue. You're seeing multi-channel options where people are just, bouncing around through that. And then the last part I'm really curious to watch and see is who really leans in and figures out where they are, the tools they have, how do they become the local go-to expert? I've got some friends doing that. I'm watching them right now and I'm like, they're taking care of their mindset, they're taking care of their attitude and their effort, and they're showing up and winning. And so I, I think that's gonna be some of the things I'm watching for as we go through. The last one I kind of put a bow on it is, Who you surround yourself with matters. It's not just leadership experience. It's really going to be, I think, this forward thinking leaders and models. They're going to help you have the creativity and freedom to be successful going forward. So you don't want to feel like you're handcuffed or Battling uh, without the right tools.
0: You know, you you wrote a book, Conversations with Covey, which is um, eleven powerful, inspirational, and hope-filled lessons from today's biggest leaders. And that's really your personal brand is so tied to inspiration, hope, energy, enthusiasm. So let me let me end it with this: What are you optimistic about going into twenty twenty three? There's a lot of things people could look at that are like you know doom and gloom. But what are you optimistic about?
1: A lot of things, but I'll say this is is getting back to the core of, for many of us, why we started what we did. You know, think about my wife and I bought our first house in 2002 and it was not a great experience and it, it wasn't enjoyable, right? Like it was really stressful and we didn't know what to expect and all that. And that's really what was the catalyst for me of like, how can I be the person that shows up and educates and is the guide to help people buy their first home or buy an investment property? I think for all of us, getting back to why we do what we do and realizing we have an opportunity to serve people every day. And if we show up every day and we look for people to serve, it's like if I told you, go look for the white car. You're going to start to see white cars everywhere. What if I told you, go look for the person that needs help answering questions about their mortgage financing? Go look for the person that's looking to invest in real estate. Go look for that first-time home buyer that's stuck renting today. Go look for them. What if you started to see them and you just gave out free advice and you became the guide and you served people? You will have more than enough business. You will have more than enough referrals coming in the door because you're going to step up and deliver a great service. I believe for all of us, when we kind of lean into that calling, that's when we rise. That's when we show up. And so I would encourage everybody to do that. That's what I'm doing is going back to my roots of coaching, developing people, just like in sports and making sure everybody has not only the right mindset, but they have the skill set to back it up and they show up every day, creating wins each and every day.
0: Brian, thanks so much for being on, taking your time as you're doing this. Really fun to see what you're doing. We'll be keeping an eye out, but thanks again for being on.
1: Sarah, thank you for having me. Appreciate you guys at Housing Wire and excited for 2023